In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one woman and one man will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine, well, very little actually, Emily Jones and Eric Johnson star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Emily Jones. And I'm Eric Johnson. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes. So, dedicated listeners of this show know that for all of our differences, there are some things that Emily and I are huge geeks for, both of us. And one of those things, possibly the biggest of those things, is the Harry Potter series. We talk about it constantly because it's so important to both of us. But we've never really done a Harry Potter episode because this is giant geek versus mega noob. So not geek versus geek. The the show was about really introducing stuff to people who haven't experienced it yet. Which means that if we were ever going to do a Harry Potter episode, we would need to find somebody who has never read Harry Potter but wanted to read it. And we would never be able to do that. Right? Hi, my name is Eben McCammon. And how old are you, Eben? I'm nine. And I'm Yoichi Shiga. I'm 30. <laughs> That's right. We found two people. And they've both just read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the very first time. And if I'm not mistaken, you've also watched the movie, right, Evan? Yep. Yes. Yo, you, did you also watch the movie? Yes, I have. Oh, I didn't even know that. All, All right. right. So we're movie <laughs> and books combined going on here. Um, this now- podcast is going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> or an adventure. Yes. Now, before we get into what everyone thought of the book and the movie, um, why don't you guys tell us what made you want to start reading the series in the first place? So, Eben? Um, My friends, Ian and Hudson, have both read all of the books and seen all of the movies, I'm pretty sure. And my friend Aiden has read the first book and, like, half of the second book. So, both of the, all of them have read at least one Harry Potter book. So, and I... They really, they really wanted me to read it, so... That's why I decided to start reading it. Makes and sense. Yo, how, how about you, Yo? What, 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 you, what made you want to start reading Harry Potter? I mean, I'm old enough where everybody I know has read every Harry Potter book. <laughs> and I've always been kind of on the outside looking in. And I never, I felt like it was, too, it was too late for me to ever start reading it. So this kind of gave me an opportunity to actually dive in and read it. Where before I just felt like, oh, I kind of missed that boat. Um, so... Yeah, so, so then you you were you were worried it was too late, but then was there uh was it was it just Well I think my the thing was my wife's a huge Harry Potter fan as well, and so I think she's been wanting to get me to read it uh, probably for years. So I don't know, I felt like it was just it was time. We were uh, at a Super Bowl party and I uh, said, Oh well no one's favorite Harry Potter is Sorcerer's Stone, right? And uh and Yuichi's wife said, No, hey, this is it's my favorite, so don't don't even don't even try. <laughs> oh, interesting. So All right, well, hopefully uh, you guys are as pumped to talk about this as Emily and I are. And we should say that from this point on, we'll be spoiling the whole first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcery Stone, and also really the movie as well. So do not listen further until you've read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Normally at this point, we would also tell you where you can find the book and the movie, uh, but 
believe me, you know somebody who owns this book. Probably most people that you know own this book, also possibly the movie. So you can borrow it from one of them or from a library or buy it new. But whatever you do, you should definitely read it before you continue listening. Right. So now, typically before the noob, or in this case, noobs, uh, we weigh in, we give the geek a chance to say why they love the week's topic so much. It's always really, really hard, but we will try to keep this brief so we give you guys a chance to talk. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll go first here. Um, I think as I was rereading this book, I, well, first off, I hadn't reread this book in about 10 years so the, from start to finish. So this was a very nice, like, pleasant trip for me is to, to read this again. Um I think my favorite thing is how the book rewards you constantly with these little mysteries, little mysteries, one after the other, building up to the really big mystery of like, okay, what is the Sorcerer's Stone and who, who's trying to steal it and all that. Obviously, that's the big one at the end. But starting even as early as with the Dursleys and the cat and the owls flying overhead, all these little things that are that are happening that are weird – it's really fun and rewarding just to find out together along with the characters, you know, what is this world and what's happening here. I would agree with that. And I'm also really glad you didn't say the one thing that I told myself I would talk about, uh, which is, and again, this is especially in this first one, I think I have a lot more thoughts as you get further into this series, but, um, I, I mean, the world building is just so incredibly impressive, you know, and, and not just, um, not just the little details that that really matter, you know, and that you care a lot about stuff like, you know, what the Hogwarts castle looks like and, and what the characters look like. I mean, that has a lot of detail, too. But the little tiny details that totally don't matter, the dates of the random historical events that they have to write essays about for their boring history class and, you know little flavors of birdie bots every flavor beans and random books that they glance at in the library while they're looking for nicholas flamel like how many sickles are in a galley and how many nuts are in a sickle (laughs) we find out because apparently we need to know (laughs) well and just all of those little details that just make it feel like a real world you know it's it really is like she's writing about a place she's actually been to and things that actually happen as opposed you know just as if it were it were set in in our world that we're used to living in. Um, And I also will say another thing that I love about all of those little details is that, uh, and I think I can say this without it being a spoiler, similar to the way that, uh, you know, Nicholas Flamel is mentioned in Harry's first Chocolate Frog card, and then that becomes really, really important later on in this book. Um, there are a lot of little details like that that, like, pass you by, but then it turns out that they're actually really important in the second book or in the seventh book or yeah it's pretty impressive so right that's my thing so uh eben and yoichi how about eben you go first tell us a little bit about what you thought of harry potter i thought it was a great book i like books that have like action and like like magical powers and stuff for in this case witchcraft and wizardry so Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that you liked it. <laughs> what, what, what are your other, other favorites, Evan? Like other, other books with magic powers that, that you've read? Are there other ones that you really like? Hmm, let me think. Well, well, for action, I've read this book called Spy School. Spy School? Spy School? That sounds like it could be a little similar. Is it? It's also like people at a school? Yeah, but it's, not, it's like CIA school. Oh, so it has like guns yeah. and stuff. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Yuichi? What what did you think of Harry Potter? I enjoyed it. I liked it. I I definitely. I mean, I think the thing is, is like as an adult now reading it, 
you can tell like it's a very it's targeted at you know such a younger audience that it did take like the end really ramps up and is like exciting and intriguing in the beginning i had to kind of like just get through because it's told in this very you it reminds old me of, is that what you're trying to say you what? felt you felt like the old man that you are i did i felt like it was um yeah because you know you're you're getting dropped into this world but it's and I'm like told in sort of like a children's story you know so i'm not that i'm not used to reading sort of young adult fantasy sci-fi it's actually a, a, a genre that i'm uh, i read probably quite a lot so i was used to that but um what's since we asked Evan, what's what's your favorite from from the genre like pre harry potter that, that you've read i think i was gonna say redwall redwall is like oh, yes. you know something that i was and that, i mean i guess there's not a lot of relate you know it doesn't relate directly but it was the same kind of feel you know and so i think that the beginning yeah definitely like I mean, this book sort of, yeah, has this slow build and then like ramps up and takes off. And I was telling Eric earlier, like at the end, if I had the other book sitting next to me, I would have started it immediately, you know? Confession, I did this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I texted Emily this morning and she said that she was going to start reading the second book right away. I can't help myself, (laughs) even though I know what happens. (laughs) How long did it take to go, uh, Eben, how long did it take you to go from finishing the book to then watching the movie? Did you go and do that straight away? Yes. Yeah. Like, right after I finished my book, about, like, five minutes later, I rented the movie instead of watching it. <laughs> <laughs> what, did so, you, um, what did you think of the movie? I think it's a pretty good ad- adaptation of the book. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually, um, I've rewatched the the first movie um, definitely more times than I've reread the book, and definitely more recently than I'd reread the book. Me um, too. And, yeah, I was struck when I was reading it by how many, like, literal precise lines of dialogue i recognized from the movie <laughs> i recognize that too like especially uh, at the uh, the end where dumbledore is talking to harry tokens for your admirers admirers what happened down in the dungeons between you and professor quirrell is a complete secret so naturally the whole school knows or uh, in the in the forest where where Ferenz is uh, is kind of explaining what a unicorn is. I was just like rereading the, those parts. Um, a lot of that was was straight out of it. Um, something I was surprised by though, since I had also seen the movie more recently, is how much um, how how much longer it takes to get to Hogwarts in the book as opposed to the movie. And, it's in like my halfway, head, right? It's it's about half of the book is is before you even get to Hogwarts. Yeah, and I think for me that's why I was. Because I had seen, I haven't, I guess I, I didn't see the movie that, that recently. I'm just going off my old memory of when I watched it. I don't know how many years ago, but yeah, I think that's why I was, and I, I tried to, as much as I could, like, you know, separate the movie from the book in my head. Um, but yeah, I was like waiting for like, okay, when's this gonna, you know, when's the magic gonna come? <laughs> I mean, obviously it's there, you know, it has these little trinkets and it's there. And I think the backstory is good, or at least for me, it was, it, it gives me a better sense of like kind of what you know what's going on in Harry's life, and it, it sets up this sort of feel, which I think is one of my favorite things. Is like he's this super famous kid, but he grew up his whole life not knowing it, and I think that is like this this feeling where I don't know if any kid thought like they were just kind of like a nobody, but then they find out like when they're ten or whatever, they're this super like you know everybody knows who he is in this other world. It's kind of like this I don't know that like. That, like, sort of superhero feeling, you know? Like, you have these powers. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. <laughs> um, what about you? Did you wish... Did you find yourself, like, wishing wishing we'd get to Hogwarts already? 
Yeah. Um, I want the magic to come in, like, real soon. <laughs> I think the... From what I remember, the first part the magic came in was, like... I think it was in the shack on the... the like, the the rock where when Hagrid tried to... Or made the fire in the fireplace, I think. With his little pink umbrella? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, I was... Um... I had sort of forgotten how much magic Hagrid does when they're uh, when he's in the process of getting Harry and like I, I don't know. Strictly speaking, I'm not allowed to do magic. Okay. Yeah, he's not supposed to do it, and I was also kind of like, I don't know. It was pretty impressive because like I'm not sure that that Harry and Ron. I mean, probably Hermione, but I'm not sure that Harry and Ron could have done a lot of that stuff. Like after their third year, um, <laughs> which is as far as Hagrid has gotten in his education. So I was a little like, okay, where did Hagrid learn all of this magic that he's illegally doing? Well, we know that he's willing to go to the library to kind of swipe a couple books about dragons to, uh, you know, bend, bend to the rules a little bit, you know, a little deal. Yeah, a lot of rule breaking, huh? <laughs> Um, so maybe a good pl- place to, to discuss is kind of favorite characters from this book. Obviously, um, Emily and I, having read the whole series multiple times, have characters who maybe we follow throughout the whole series who may be our favorites there. But just this book, let's kind of go around and talk about, like, who, 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 do, who do we like the most? If it's other than Harry, I'd probably say Hagrid. Cause, Why is that? Well, I like him because, well, I like giants and I like... <laughs> Um, he's like a nice giant, and I like that. Yeah, it's also like I think it surprises people that he's that he's just like this big teddy bear. Yeah, <laughs> big scary guy with a beard, and he's got a giant motorcycle, and uh, and then well, he turns not out his. Just... Well, I know, but <laughs> he, he borrows it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Emily, how about you? Who, who's your favorite character in this book? I'm gonna be a giant walking stereotype and say Hermione. Um. Not just because she's such an awesome female character, which she is, which is one of the great things, but um, she's also a she's also a really great, like bookish nerdy character. Honestly, don't you two read? Um, and which is I think is wonderful in general. And I definitely also, I mean, I remember when I first read these books when I was probably around your age, Evan. You know, I was I was an awful lot like that in school. You know, I I was. I was pretty good at school and I was like the kid who was always reading, always constantly reading a million books and like, you know, people thought it was a little weird and whatever. So like having this character who was not only like a really awesome girl who did really cool things, but also was like really smart and, you know, read books and, and that helped her with like being awesome at adventures. It was pretty much like, this is ideal to me. Before I saw the movie, when they pronounced Hermione's name, I thought it was Hermione. So did I. <laughs> I th- think that, we, that everyone goes through a phase if they haven't seen the the movies where everyone, at least in America, where it's not yeah. a not a name they've heard before. They think it may be Hermione. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember. I remember there being big arguments like among my friends about how to pronounce it. And actually, I had an argument with my dad too because he read the books and um, he knew it was Hermione because there's some some old actress like in old movies in the in the 50s and 60s whose name is Hermione so my dad was like oh it's Hermione clearly and I'm like no dad that doesn't make any sense it's clearly Hermione obviously I was wrong obviously (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, as for favorite characters on my end, um, I, I do also really like Hagrid a lot, and uh, I kind of feel like um, in this book, he's really um, a character like I just latch on to a lot with... Um, I think I do like Hermione, but I feel like she becomes a character I like more later in the series. In this in this book, she spends a lot of time, you know, obviously in the there's sort of growing pains where she's a bit too much of a know it all, and then they're <laughs> mean to her, but then they save her from the troll, and so they kind of make you know make up the differences and become friends. Um, it, within this book, I think Hagrid is probably my favorite. Just uh, he. Um, obviously has this mysterious past of getting expelled from Hogwarts. We don't yet don't yet know what happened there, why he got expelled, but the fact that he's, you know, got the dragon going and that he's, like, spoiling all these little secrets. I shouldn't have said that. I should not have said that. I shouldn't have said that. Leading the group on in, in the right direction accidentally, I just think that's such a great little uh, character. I think he's a lot of fun. So, Yuichi, how about you? So, yeah, I... I am also a huge. So I think I I, I I I jumped characters that I really liked throughout the book. So Hagrid was definitely my favorite. I think from for most of the book, and I I told that to my wife, and I was like, God, I love him in the book so much more than because I had seen the movie before, and she kept saying, Quit referencing the movie, just read the book. And so, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think he has that. Like I feel like every every sort of fantasy book has this sort of. Um, like a, a guide to like where you are and wh- what you're gonna see and he does he's like a great guide he's like the best and so that part of it was like my favorite but i think once they get to the school i love the twins the twins Fred and George, yeah yeah they like they I, I don't know i feel like yeah just the first line what they say to their parent or to the mom you know he's not Fred. i am honestly woman you call yourself our mother oh i'm sorry george joking i am fred uh it's just it's just I mean, it's just a great line you know it just cracked me up and then and then i think by the end of the book dumbledore is is by far my favorite i think he gets he grabs my tugs at my heartstrings and like yeah. they're like ah yeah. so and actually you know i actually will also put in a word for dumbledore um because and again this comes from um see having seen the movies at this point a lot more times than read the books and especially these early books um you know dumbledore in the movies is kind of different and he yeah. gets um he gets he also for obvious reasons gets a lot of comparisons to Gandalf from Lord of the Rings because yeah. they're you know the sort of old white beard guy wise yeah <laughs> um but I love how um kind of like sprightly and silly he is it's like everybody mm-hmm. thinks of Dumbledore as this like wizened old old guy but he's totally not like you know like he's ser- super serious Right. He's like, he's really into like these little muggle candy that he likes and he makes all these like cute little jokes. Like at the beginning of, at the start of term feast, for instance, when he stands up and it's like, I have, I have a few words to share before we start our food. And he just says like four nonsense words. I think. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bubble, oddment, tweak, something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, and also, even even in the very, like, first scene, or one of the first scenes where he, um, the night that Voldemort is defeated, and he's meeting up with McGonagall um, outside the, the Dursley's home, and uh, obviously this is a very big, important day in wizard history, and he's just eating, like, sherbet lemons. He's like, oh, this is this muggle candy that I really like. You know, do, do you want one? <laughs> um, I, little moments like that, uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like some of that got lost in the movie just because for time, they, they had to just, like, go straight, get straight into the plot. Eric, do you have a British edition of the first one? The I do. 
Yeah. I have Harry Potter and the Fall. I, ho- I hope it's because it's, it's lemon drops in the American version. Really? Yeah. Oh. They make they make a few they make a few changes to make it like more understandable. Like I um, was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. Dean is a Dean is a uh, is a big soccer fan. It probably says football in there. It does. And, yeah. Uh, well, the, the other thing I was wondering about is also in. Um, at Hogwarts during the opening feast. I don't know if any any of you have your copies uh, on you, but I, I I was thinking during the um, description of all the food that they're eating. Some of it is like very like English food that uh, I've I've had like I uh, was very weird to me, and I bet it was changed. So like here it is. Um, so some some of it you've heard of. So it's like sausages, bacon and steak, boiled potatoes, roast potato chips, and then Yorkshire pudding, peas, carrots, gravy, ketchup, and for strong, some strange reason mint humbugs. And oh, no, then, that's the uh, same. Yeah, that, that's all the same? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yorkshire pudding is something I've at least never uh, had well, in America. Yorkshire pudding might not be on there. I am not. I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. that either. But yeah, there's a couple things that they definitely change and that they don't change as much in the movie, I think. And I think they may have stopped doing that quite so much later on. Well, in, in, in the, the movie, we, we, should, we should probably say for people who don't know, so... The British version of the first book was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, whereas the American version is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And they actually, for the movie, they, they made two slightly different versions. The British version of the movie, they, they, they filmed all the scenes where they say Sorcerer's Stone a second time to say Philosopher's Stone. And then I'd, I'd be willing to bet they probably also changed some of the other uh, little, little references here and there if they're talking. If, if, if I don't remember in the movie if they talk about football slash soccer at all but it's possible i don't think that scene really happens Um, okay but like where where ron and seamus get all annoyed that dean doesn't get quidditch because he's into football slash soccer right Um, i didn't know the reason i remembered that it was different was because like the lemon the lemon drops being dumbledore's favorite muggle candy comes up several times in the books um and it in the movie later on, like at another point in the movie, I, does anyone care? Do, it's minor enough, right? About his office. Oh yeah. 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 Matter. So at some later on, um, Harry ends up going to Dumbledore's office and it has a password just like the house, uh, the, you know, the, the pink lady, the painting that lets them into Gryffindor tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the password is Sherbert lemon, but I think it's lemon drop in the American book, uh. but in the movie they say Sherbert lemon. Ah. That's how I recognize the difference. Anyway, none of this matters. When I read the book, also, it was the Sorcerer's Stone, and it said Shorbert Lemons in it. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've changed it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, well, maybe one, different editions. It was made in 2015 because it was the illustrated edition. Oh, so it was a new, you have it a... It was like this tall. It was like this tall, and then like... Oh, you have the illustrated one? It's not mine, it's my friend's. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, I think maybe maybe they've maybe they've like combined it. Yeah, gotten rid of some of the changes. Maybe. Yeah, cuz I have a <laughs> I have like a whenever these came out, ni- 1998 or something edition. 97. 97, okay. My my edition, the uh, version that that uh, my my dad bought this for me when he was on business trip in in London. My ah. version has a little sticker on it that says "Smarties Book Prize, 1997 Gold Award Winner, ages uh, nine to eleven. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Yuichi, just other general thoughts other than sort of favorite characters and sort of since you since you came to the series, obviously, um, as I mentioned, as a very old man, um, <laughs> you, you know, so old. Like, how do, how do you feel about, like, do, do you feel like you're going to want to keep on going with sort of reading the books and, and all that? Do you feel like you want to keep on catching up with your generation here? Yeah, I think I'll definitely keep on going. But I, I do think as a 
as a first book, and I got a lot of heat from this from my wife already, but as a first book to a series, like it is good and it, 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 it entices me to go on. But I felt like there are other first books that were better in, in, in my humble opinion. And so, <laughs> oh, well. and so my opinion may be bad with, when it comes to <laughs> these fantasy sci-fi uh, young adult genre. But, um, but I'll definitely keep going. Because I, like I said, I think the end, I mean, I think, it, it, I think maybe halfway through I was like uh, still a little bit skeptical. Because I think it's got so much hype. You know, it's Harry Potter. It's the first book. Um, but I think it tied me. I think it, you know, by the end it tied me up. And I think it does, you know, you can tell that it does still, it, you know, it puts you back into that feeling of being sort of a kid, you know, because Dumbledore doesn't even tell Harry kind of, you know, you know, he asks him this one question and he kind of says, oh, well, you're not really ready for this yet. So it kind of has, has me back in this sort of world of like, okay, like we have to kind of move on and, and then you're going to start growing up and, and maybe those, you know, maybe this is going to, unravel or gonna reveal more right well something something i will say about that that actually is something i really really liked about the series especially the first time i read it which was of course because of what i'm about to say which is that you know as when eric and i read it and and most other people you know around our age not all of the books were out yet um when i first obviously when you know when i first started reading them i think the first three were out and so i was able to read them in rapid succession and then you had to wait Usually, like two years for the this next is so one. So big. I think the Deathly Hallows is like this thick. Yeah, they get real. The you know the first the first three are like the similar similar thickness, and then all of a sudden the fourth one comes out and it's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. like this thick, and then it's like this thick. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I remember especially the fifth one, the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. I think that's the longest one. And when that one came out, I was holed up in my room for a whole week just like getting <laughs> through it all. So because because of the way that they were all spaced out, though, you know, it it took. I started reading them again when I was about. I think I was nine or ten. You know, when I started reading them. And then um, the last one didn't come out until I was 17. And so I was about the same age as the characters all throughout, you know, read the first three and you waited every two years. And the thing is that the books really, the bo- not just the characters, but the books really, they, they kind of mature with you. And like as, as the characters get older, the stuff that they have to face gets more complicated and more adult and scarier too um, scarier much scarier i mean even and it started starting even with the second one i think is scarier than the first one and it gets you know they get kind of darker and more complicated and more grown up as you go so that's something i really liked about it and that's part of the reason they hold up too yeah, yeah. and this one is even pretty scary for i mean the part of the, the i mean you know the part in the forest and i was like yeah. this yeah. is definitely i mean it's not like all you know, like Quidditch and, and feasts and stuff like that. <laughs> right. I was just like, geez, like this it gets intense, you know? And I was and like, now the, 200 pages of describing what food they're eating. I mean, the, right, the, the unicorn, uh, the, the death of the unicorn in that scene was like, you know, it's frightening. It's not it's a, yeah. Yeah, no, it's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, when yeah. drinks the blood, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Do you think you're going to keep reading? Yeah, totally. Definitely. Um, Mm-hmm. Like as like as soon as I leave your house, you're gonna get the second one out. Well, I don't have it. Uh, like, uh, I, I keep begging my friend to bring it to school so I can bring it. Uh, <laughs> I wish yeah. I had thought of that. I would have brought it for you. <laughs> yeah, I'd be willing to bet Emily has a copy somewhere. Just, of the second you know. book? No, it's I don't I don't have a copy sitting in my house, flipped open to the page where I left it when I came to drive over here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, so then, uh, something since we, since I didn't realize this before we started taping, but since we've all seen the movie, um, I'd be curious to hear what you all think of, um, 
things that got cut out of the book that don't make it into the movie is there is there anything that was that was not in the movie that you liked in the book that just kind of got cut out for one reason or the other we, we already mentioned dumbledore some of his really weird you know uh, odd manners of speech got cut out just for time but is there anything else that uh, that jumps out at you i don't know my big one was also with the characters was hagrid hagrid has or at least in my mind when i was reading the book hagrid is more of like a like kind of like a tough guy i don't know i was gonna say like a, a bad a ba you know he's like he <laughs> seems just like someone like i would see at uh maybe because it was the motorcycle in the beginning someone that i would have seen at like um like a biker bar whereas in the whereas in the movie he's kind of more like santa claus you know like i don't know like that difference to me like makes a huge difference because i imagine someone who would like a bouncer at a bar you know like 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 really tough i don't know i, I guess the description was more like evil i mean he's still cool in the movie but uh, well, I mean, even in the book, though, like in the first scene, he's like crying over kind of w- w- what's happened. He's sort of, you know, he's he's a sensitive kind of uh, cuddly sort of guy who just has a kind of a maybe a scary exterior. I that's true. Like, I think he's maybe, bigger in the book, though. Yeah, it says he's yeah. twice as tall and five times as wide as a normal man. And in the hands book. the size of trash can lids. Yeah, <laughs> I think that I think so that, that might was be like... part of it. Um, I feel like I can't really remember. I know there were totally some parts that they skipped in the movie because of time. I can't really remember what they were, but I feel like they went through the first like chapters like really really fast, and then like it stopped at like the sorting ha- the sorting hat in the sorting hat. They were like it was like a ten to twenty minute period of that chapter. So yeah, you mean like, sort of the, the pacing they, of the movie was kind of different from, from what you expected in terms of how, how quickly the movie would go? Yeah. And I think, I guess, my, my memory of the movie is not as great because I haven't seen it recently, but the when Harry first gets on his broom, uh, is it the same thing where Neville's getting teased? Yes. Right, he's, he's getting bullied by Malfoy with the rememberal, which is what That's... he throws... That's one of the scenes that's like almost that's like remarkably similar. <laughs> similar. Okay. Well, the di- the difference though is that in the book, it's Malfoy tosses the remember up high in the sky, and Harry just dives down to catch it. It's just like up and then falls that's down. True. In the movies, it's a much bigger uh, kind of action scene where he flies right by McGonagall's window. I think. Yeah, that's true. He didn't do that in the book. He didn't fly by McGonagall's window. No. Yeah, no. it's never actually clear how she happened to see that scene. I have a big one of these book movie difference things. Um, it drives me absolutely insane that they skip the logic potions thing. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely <laughs> skip that. Why? Yeah, it drives me. It drives me nuts. And then. Um, when they award the points at the end, it's like it doesn't even make sense because it's like uh, um, Hermione gets awarded points for cool whatever she gets awarded points for in the movie, and it's like she. Bar- how did she get them? Yeah, it's like in the in the movie, all she does is like remember how to get by Devil's Snare, and in yeah. the book, like there's a really good chance she and Harry both would have died if she hadn't gotten that logic puzzle right, you know? And, exactly. And- if she weren't the, the smart person, that's really the payoff of her being a know-it-all is that she was ready to take on uh, she says, like you know, wizards would some wizards would have would have starved to death, like trying to solve this puzzle. But because she was who she is, like she saved their lives, and she made it possible for Harry to save the day, which is really important for her. Yeah, yeah. I think they do a good job at that in the book. Where again, this is what you kind of talked about in the very beginning that you have all these 
like little morsels that like all feed into the whole story. And I think that, cause I was getting sick of Hermione. I'm not going to lie. I was getting sick of her. And then by that point I was like, all right, all right, I'll give you props. It's a, she's a good friend to have. When, exactly. When in certain, certain life or death situations. It's good to have a friend like Hermione. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and my answer to this is, uh, and this Emily, this may come as a shock to you since uh, we have a, a checkered history with me enjoying musicals. I kind of wish the sorting hat song were in the first movie. Okay. Um, I, that's something when I was rereading the book this time, I felt like if it had been done well, and there's a lot of movies that I think don't do music well, but if it had been done well, I think, I think that would have, um, I, I think the whole reveal of the hat being this, this old, somewhat like weird object and like the the whole mystery of how are they going to test us? How are they going to sort us? And then it breaks out into song. I think that's so funny and so cute and charming. Yeah, well, and especially, I think, yeah, as you're saying, some of what you're getting at, I think, is um, how scared they all are, because none of them actually know how the sorting works. Um, I think it could be like a test of magic. Yeah, which is terrifying, right? So, in my illustrated edition, well, in my friend's illustrated edition, the sorting hat has, like, poofles all over and, like, twigs and stuff, like, decorations. Huh. And in the movie, it's just, like, plain. It's just yeah. a black hat, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's brownish, but yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like it has stuff all over it, like feathers and weird stuff. Is it like fancy? It's not like a fan. It's totally not a fancy hat. It's just like a a hat with random things all over it. Huh. Huh. Because I mean, my issue with the one in the movie has always been that it's like pretty straightforward, and like the description of it in the book is like it's like. It, yeah, it's like it's like old and yucky and has rips and patches and the one in the movie is like not as nasty and dusty. Well, let me right. rephrase what I just said. Um, <laughs> it had mostly patches and had like a few feathers and like pom-poms on it. Huh. I really want to see this now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you give it back to your friend already? Yeah. Ah, okay. No. I'll have to go to a bookstore and <laughs> look at it myself. We, we can actually do what we're telling our listeners to do, which is actually go and find find a new copy of the book. To <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think. Um, well, I mean, the most important question out of everything. I mean, clearly we all we all like this. It seems seems like everyone had a good time with the book and the movie, right? Are we all well. Yeah. So, so we can get get that out of the way. That's normally how we would wrap up the episode. Yeah. But I think really the. The very most important do-or-die question is, what house would we all be in? Oh. Eben, you want to go first? I think I would be in Gryffindor, because I know it seems like the best one, but it's not really, because they're all, like, equal, sort of. And I really like Gryffindor. I like Gryffindor's colors. And That's fair. The scarlet and gold, sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And I like its decorations and stuff. And I like I like the way they they like do their classes and stuff. Yeah. And you want you want to be friends with with Harry and Ron <laughs> and that group. And you think you're brave and loyal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how about you? I mean, I can't, it's hard not to say Gryffindor. They, they, they build them up. They're so cool, you know? And I think it's... Well, and we don't know many people from the other houses exactly. either. Like, we pretty much like know ha- Gryffindors and Malfoy right now. And, like, later yeah. we get more characters who are in the other houses. You mean Gryffindor and Slytherin. You said Malfoys. <laughs> I know. Because we don't even know other Slytherins. We just know Malfoy. Like Crab and Goyle, I yeah. Guess. Sort of. It's anyway. It's yeah, so I do so the... true. He's Slytherin. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I, so I mean, it's kind of they put you. It's like good and evil, and this right. one, and you don't know much else about the. At first, the I others. thought Slytherin was like dark magic, 
and like evil like sort of like like kind of dark it kind of is but it's like not dark magic right yeah it's not like um it's not inherently dark like it's not like if you get sorted into slytherin they teach you dark magic it's just that um the thing that the way that they describe it is that's not a witch or wizard who went bad it wasn't in slytherin um and i think there's a couple there's a lot of different reasons for that um but i think the big one and eric you can disagree with me um but i think the big one is one of their traits is um they're really ambitious and not that ambition is a bad thing, but they're... What is ambition? Hmm? What is ambition? Like, um, like they have, you know, goals and they really, really want to meet their goals. And if, again, that's not a bad thing, but they're willing to do anything. To, you know, somebody, somebody in Slytherin is willing to do anything to achieve what they want. You know, like if, when they were having Quidditch in the, the... One of the players... I think it was maybe the keeper of... I forgot what his name was. And he, think, like, he ran the... Harry with his broomstick when he's trying to get the snitch. Right, in the game against Slytherin. Exactly. He wants to win right. the game, and so he's willing to kind of break the rules a little bit to do it. And and so that's why it's – it's that's actually – that's a perfect analogy. It's, you know, they want to they wanna win the game, whatever the game is of, you know, whatever it is they want to do in life. And so a lot of them are willing to break the rules to do it. And in the bigger world context, that ends up meaning they're willing to, to try some dark magic, which is against the rules. Uh-huh. Right. So uh, I'll I'll go next, and then Emily, you can wrap us up here. I I think yeah. I, I'm sorry sorry to make, make this boring, but it's got to be Gryffindor for me too. I I just you know I always when I was reading these books, just I felt of myself as as a Gryffindor. I I went through a phase where I thought it was maybe Ravenclaw, but at the end of the day, uh, I just uh, identify the the most with um the characters and kind of the the the, the, the trio. Well, I guess really the main four characters, Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Neville. Um, you know, I identify with the four of them uh, and sort of what they stand for, you know, more more than any, anyone else in the book. And uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, probably Gryffindor for me, too. Okay, am I the only one who's, like, actually taken the Pottermore sorting hat quiz here? I took a BuzzFeed quiz of <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> yeah, but, like... I really, really wanted to, but my dad said that you have to, like, do some signing up thing. Yeah, you do. You have yeah. to make an account to do it. So um, I was too I... lazy to do that. I, di- I didn't want to bother. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I have to like fill out a form. And, yeah, no, uh... and, it's, and the, the one on Pottermore is, takes a lot longer than a BuzzFeed quiz. So yeah. I actually did that. Um, I did it about a year ago because, a year and a half ago, because I took a BuzzFeed quiz that put me in Slytherin. And, I was, oh, and then I took really? another one that also put me in Slytherin, and I was upset about it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, to- I, told you, I remember talking to your dad about this and like stressing out about it a great deal. Um, and so then I took the quiz on Pottermore and that also put me into Slytherin. What? I know it's terrible. It's, it was upsetting. And so I, I sort of reconciled myself to this. I actually just went to Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, a couple weeks ago and like it's, um, it's down by Disney World and it's like a theme park. Um, it's pretty like the whole Harry Potter world. I shouldn't tell you too much about it because then you're going to get really excited. <laughs> well, you, 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 you could, yeah. I mean, like, like Diagon Alley in, yeah, in this no, book, it's, you know. You yeah, can, it's, you can, yeah, it's Diagon Alley and... Um, and uh, the can, castle. Then, and, right, and then you can take the Hogwarts Express from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade, which is the village outside the castle, uh, outside of Hogwarts, Hogwarts Castle, and you can go into... It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Is it like actual train or like a roller coaster? Um, it's, it's like a roller coaster. I mean, you get on a train. And like, <laughs> You're just doing the opposite. It's a, short, now. it's a short little train ride. But I will say you definitely should not 
go until you've read all of them because I think there's kind of spoilers in. Yeah, I mean, so, in some Harry, of the. Yeah. In some of the rides that you can go on there, they yeah. they talk about characters and things that happen. Assuming that you've at least seen the movies, and preferably if you've read the books, then there's like all sorts of little yeah, like especially in and... in, Di- in Diagon Alley, like there's there's a whole plot that's like straight out of the seventh book and the eighth movie. So right, um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> all I was gonna say is I went there thinking I was I was a Slytherin, and even though it was very disappointing to the my group of people that I was with. Anyway, then I just learned, thanks to your dad, Evan, sending me a link to this effect, that they've actually adjusted the quiz on Pottermore. Um, <laughs> because, yeah, apparently the old ones were... were right. They Well, and so there's this is not confirmed, but someone theorized, like, put, put forth a theory that, um, that they were trying to keep the same number of people in each house. And so they would sometimes sort people into the wrong house to try to keep the numbers even. Anyway, all of this is, is an aside. I recently retook the Pottermore quiz and got sorted into Ravenclaw, which I think is much more accurate. And, and you, you can feel a lot better about that. I mean, you can feel safer about being in the same room as Emily now that you're not, yes. not with a potential dark witch, you know? <laughs> uh, so now, now I feel like I have to take the Pottermore quiz to make sure that I'm on even footing with, with the same rigorous uh, standards. So I'm not yeah. relying on the Buzzfeed. I'm, but no, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that I'm, that I'm, I would be Ravenclaw. Like I, I'm on board with that. Um, yeah. Cause they're, they're all about uh, being, you know, inquisitive and I don't know. I'm into Ravenclaw. Yeah. Hermione says like, yeah, Gryffindor, Ravenclaw. Hermione would be fine with either. She, she seems open to the, the idea. So there you go. She, she, she's your, your, your spirit character in the, in the series. So <laughs> exactly. That, uh, all right, so uh, we should probably say as we're wrapping up here. So this is the last episode of season two of Giant Geek vs. Mega true. Noob. Uh, so we're, we've done ten episodes this season, but we are going to be back very soon for season three. What we're going to do is, and I swear we're not going to turn this into a several-month-long break like the last one. <laughs> uh, we're going to just take a couple weeks off and uh, you know watch some more stuff, record some more episodes, and then we'll be back in a couple weeks with the start of season three. So uh, this is why we had this very, very special episode here. And I just want to thank uh, thank Yuichi and Eben for, 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 for joining us. This is a lot of fun, you guys. You're welcome. Yeah, no, that was great being here. Yeah. So uh, before we go, Emily, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And uh, Ebbett, I'm guessing you're too young to have any any uh, online accounts. So uh, you know, just just you know, stay in school. You know, stay, <laughs> stay 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 away from the bad parts of the internet. You can follow <laughs> his mom on NPR, though. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Yuichi, is there any place you want people to find you online if they want to connect with you at all? I am. I have nowhere that anyone can can find me online. So. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ, and you can find this podcast at Geek versus Noob. That's Geek vs N zero zero B on Twitter and Facebook. So uh, this has been Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Thanks, everyone. This was, this was fun. Bye. And we'll see Bye. you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com.